The Photons in the Cheese Are Lost Written by Jason Werbeloff and narrated by Mark Ryan Rees Photon, noun, a particle of light Black Hole, noun, an empty region of distorted space-time that acts as a center of gravitational attraction. No light or other radiation can escape from black holes. Oxford World Encyclopedia I should have ignored the pop-up box in luminescent purple and lime. If I had, Chicago would still exist, and I'd be alive to tell this story. Check your spam folder. Curious Chris. That's what my mom called me. She'd say my name in that proud, not-so-proud way that belonged distinctively to my mother. He's between jobs, she'd say to her friends, but he's got something huge lined up. Google would be crazy not to hire him. I really, really should have ignored that pop-up box. Of course, I didn't. I clicked on my email client, and a moment later I was browsing through my spam. For kicks, I thought. This just in, said a newspeaker's tinny voice somewhere in the background of my atom-sized apartment. The apartment whose rent I couldn't afford, and whose neighbours thud-thud-thudded every night, without fail, against the paper-thin wall. I once asked them to stop, nicely, slipped a pleasant note under their door. I know this is awkward, I'd written, but would it be possible for you to move the bed away from the wall? Much appreciated. Your neighbour, Chris. I don't know exactly what happened that night in my neighbour's apartment. Maybe they invited over another couple. Or maybe Mr. Cantor decided to try those new pills they'd been advertising on the radio. Whatever it was, I got no sleep at all. Chicago has disappeared. I craned my neck to peer at the television. A confused anchorman in a plaid jacket I would look great in if I lost forty pounds held a finger to his ear. Uh, Patty, what exactly do you mean, disappeared? Well, Bob, where Chicago was, is now grassland. There's nothing there, Bob. Nothing but cows and an occasional tree. Scientists aren't sure. I chuckle. The crap they come up with these days to fill the comedy slots. Something odd, though. The first email in my spam folder, the most recent, says, Chicago is nothing but greys. What the hell did that mean? Damn bots sending me messages. I'd read about this on a blog somewhere. Spam messages were now being composed by programs, rather than by people, to trick the spam filters, and the results were often nonsense. Yes, Bob, that's right. I can confirm that Chicago is now a grassland, said the voice in the television. Grazing land, I thought. Odd coincidence. But most coincidences are odd. The spam message I received must be an advert for the comedy flick they were playing on the TV. But I thought this was the news channel. I flipped the TV to ESPN and returned my attention to the spam folder. I hadn't checked my spam folder in a while, not since I was dating Melissa downstairs. That had lasted three months, until she got all prissy about my weight. Want to join me at the gym, Chris? she'd ask. I'm going on Tuesday, Christopher. I wouldn't have put up with it, you know. But her thighs, well, let's just say I was sorry to lose her when she left me for that jock in apartment 307. She dumped me over email, yep, and what's worse is that her dear John went to my spam box, 
only saw it a week later when she finally responded to my texts and told me to check my mail. Since then, I kind of avoided the spam folder, so I hadn't seen the junk piling up in there. Penis enlargement, declared the next message. Guaranteed, pill delivered to your door. Melissa hadn't exactly complained about my size, but I know she wasn't satisfied. I caught her stifling a yawn once while we were doing it. Oh, she'd said when I questioned her, it was just so relaxing. I hated that damn bell. Had to put on pants and a smile before I answered the door. Yeah, who is it? I grunted. Delivery for, uh, Chris Papadopoulos? All right, I sighed. Bring it up, fourth floor. Take the elevator on your right. The left is broken. I wasn't expecting a delivery, but, you know, anything to break the monotony of not looking for a job. Sign here, said the delivery man. His mouth never stopped working, even after he'd stopped speaking, mouthing the words, sign here, over and over. I scratched my name on his pad with a leaking pen, and he stalked off down the corridor. A box, five inches square, and inside, a pill. Just like that, rolling around, and scrunched up beside the red pill was a printed note, tiny writing, the type that lawyer assholes place on the bottom of gym contracts, except for two bold, human-sized words printed on the top of the crumpled page, penis enlargement. I blushed. Melissa had to be a practical joke, to remind me of the not-so-perfect nights we shared. Could be the jock from 307 sending it on her behalf. They probably lie in bed at night laughing about pathetic ex-lovers. Melissa and her perfect thighs with that blonde muscle freak. They deserve each other, I thought, as I dropped the box in the bin. I kicked off my jeans, itchy as dermatitis in December, and slumped into the chair at my desk. I loved that chair. The cushioning had worn away so that if I slouched just right, it held my back and buttocks in an embrace more loving than any woman's. More loving than Melissa's, anyway. I was about to close my junk folder when a new spam message caught my eye. Inheritance, read the subject header. Dear Chris, I'm sorry to inform you that your... I clicked on the message to expand it. Sixth cousin passed away yesterday. Miss Emily Connellworth. She mentioned you in her will. Although you did not know her, she knew you, and felt you should have... My cell phone vibrated. Dropped it yesterday. Indestructible cover, apparently. Incoming call. The shattered screen flashed at me. I couldn't see all the letters. Is this Mr. Papadopoulos? Yes, speaking. Sir, I'm calling in connection with the recent passing of your distant aunt, Ms. Emily Connellworth. My hand gripped the receiver. I stared at the name on the laptop screen as the man on the other end of the line enunciated the words in a crisp British accent. You can stop right there, I said. These damned scam artists. Whatever game you're playing, I'm not. Uh, sir, I'm not sure what you mean. May I continue, sir? I think you'll probably want to know the contents of Miss Connellworth's will before you... I pressed the end call button. This spamming business was getting serious delivering packages to my door, calling my phone. Not cool. Not cool at all. Was this even legal? 
Yes, Bob, said a voice on the television. Unfortunately, all football matches have been suspended due to the recent events in Chicago. The president has declared. There was a knock on the door. Three soft but distinct raps. Who was this now? I scrambled to find my jeans. Again. If this was another prank, someone was going to get it. Hi, she said, smiling. I'd never seen dimples like that. Perfect indents framed her lips. Jesus, her lips! Her hair fell across her forehead in a lazy band of brunette silk. I cut ya. You, Christopher? I nodded, hoping that when I blinked she'd still be there. My faded pajama vest and unbrushed teeth leapt to the forefront of my mind. Oh, she cried, her cheeks beaming. Oh, Christopher! She enveloped her perfectly proportioned arms around my shoulders, my pimpled shoulders. I stood absolutely still, inhaling her. It's so good to see you, Christopher. So good. She squeezed me tighter. When she pulled away, her cheeks were wet. I thought today would not be. Katya, is that your name? You seem lovely. Really you do. And I'm flattered. But have we met? She buried her head in my drooping chest. Christopher. Oh, Christopher. The touch of her tears through my vest was hot and alive. I come from Moscow to be with you. Moscow? Yes. She dabbed away a tear with the heel of her hand. Russianbrides.ru She sniffed softly, like an award-winning lapdog. Katya, maybe you've got the wrong address. I didn't order. You deserve to be satisfied, she shouted. Mrs. Cantor's quizzical eyebrow appeared from the doorway of her apartment down the hall. Um, yes. I whispered. A thought crossed my mind. Can you wait here one moment, please? She stroked my nipple through my pajamas. You come back soon? Uh, yes. I scuttled inside to the laptop. And, yep, there it was. Fourth email from the top in my spam box. Russianbrides.ru The phone vibrated again. Mr. Papadopoulos, this is Chartwell and Sons calling again about your inheritance. Miss Connellworth's will states, there was a tap on my shoulder. Christopher, said Katya, I look forward so much to see you, Christopher. One moment, Katya. Look, I don't have a relation with that surname. I think you have the wrong number. Is this Christopher Papadopoulos of 406 Bantington Heights, New York? Yes, it is. Well then, sir, this is no mistake. Miss Connellworth has left you a quarter of her estate. After debt payments, conveyancing fees, taxes and handling fees. Look, you're wasting your time. Call some other sod. I know what happens next. You ask me to deposit a small sum, a couple of thousand dollars, in your account. And then the money will be wired to me. I've heard this all before. Now if you wouldn't mind, don't call again. Sir, the amount has already... I jabbed the end call button. I turned to my Russian mail-order bride that I hadn't ordered. Katya... I don't know how this happened, but there's been some sort of mistake. As much as I'd like... Her lips were supple between mine. They tasted of mulberries. Um, Katya. Oh, wow. She flicked open the top button of my faded jeans. Look, I tried one last time. I don't think you're in the right... Oh, all right. She giggled when she saw me. 
So cute, foreign boys. Why not, I thought, and grabbed the box from the waste bin. I swallowed the red pill dry. Forty-five seconds later, sweating like a sumo wrestler, I rolled off Katya. So small when I look, she said, her eyes round. But when you put in, big like horse from my village. I could get used to spam, I thought, as I swaggered to my desk. My new heaviness below slapped my thighs as I walked. I wondered what was next in my spam folder, but before I could check, a pop-up in the same purple and lime flashing letters told me to check your bank account. Why not? Four clicks and a one-time pin later, I stopped breathing, for a minute at least. I closed the site, reopened it, double-checked the online banking address. My fellow Americans, we are doing everything we can to determine what has happened to the city of Chicago and its inhabitants. So far, I muted the television and opened another browser to my online banking address. It reported the same. They all reported the same available balance. All of them. $54,601,245.65. Katya, I think we need to go shopping. Shopping? she asked, uncertain of the term. You'll enjoy it. I'll bring my coat, she said. I'll buy you a new one. You wouldn't think so, but spending a million dollars isn't easy. Six hours later, lying on a memory foam mattress in the tie Warner penthouse of the Four Seasons, I'd managed to spend only half that much. Foreign boys know how to treat a lady, said Katya, sipping a glass of 1951 Penfold's Grange. She caressed my bulging stomach. The three gourmet chocolate slabs following the roast duck weren't helping my figure. A bread and cheese platter occupied the lower third of the emperor-sized bed. I'd been nibbling on the blue cheese for the last few minutes, while Katya told me about her village. She wasn't interested in the cheese. Smell like goat piss, she'd said when the room service delivered it. My cell phone vibrated. I'd set it to notify me for all incoming spam messages. The photons in the cheese are lost. I opened the message, scrolled until I could make out the body of the text through my cracked screen. Holes black, dance, in cheese's blue, it read. Oh, you break phone, said Katya, seeming genuinely distressed at the cracked screen. She licked my neck. You go shopping tomorrow for phone? Yes, I said, and kissed her. She was so adorable, and her navel so sumptuous. I paid the nonsensical message no more attention. Not until Katya pushed me away. Look! She pointed to the cheese platter. Or what had been a cheese platter. The blue cheese, the chunk I'd been eating from, was no longer blue, nor any other color. Where the blue cheese had been was, I didn't know how to describe it, a blob, an obsidian empty space. It sat on the silver tray, pulsing in its non-existence. The smell of rum enveloped me. What is it? asked Katya. I crept towards it, towards the blob, reached out to touch it. As my hand neared, the temperature around my fingertips plummeted, the fine black hairs on my knuckles frosted. But before I could reach it, 
Before I could get any closer than five inches away from the no-thing, I felt a ripping in my chest. The cheese I'd been eating fell down into my gut, slashing and shredding as it went. And the cold! It was like that time I went ice-diving, but worse, much worse, for the cold was inside me, freezing my organs as the cheese sludged through my digestive tract. "'Christopher!' shouted Katya. "'Christopher!' I fell to the hyperallergenic carpet, and the cell phone fell beside me. The pain numbed as the edges of my vision whitened. But before the snowy haze overtook me, before I blinked for the last time, I saw the message header on the cell phone screen. I saw it from an angle that smoothed out the webbed cracks. The photons in the cheese are lost.